Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and this episode of Bravo Happy Hour is blessed with the presence of my podcasting BFF, Grant Rudder. Grant is the host of the Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk podcast, which is all about pop culture, Bravo, and so much more. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Nice to be back. Love doing this show. I was just looking. The last time you were on was in February, which seems crazy. Oh, who's counting? I don't even know what, what is February? (laughs) I know February was like the last month where I was being joyful. I planned like a random impromptu trip in February to London and Paris, went alone and it was like so beautiful. And I remember coming back and being like, wow, I'm refreshed. This year is going to be amazing. Like everything, the ball is in my court, best year ever. And then so so quickly have things turned. Yeah, I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired too. I will definitely agree with that. Oh, 2020. What a year. Yeah. Well, let's jump right into news. We have some more fuckery coming out of the OC. So Kelly Dodd is slated to get married this upcoming Saturday in Napa with Rick Leventhal, who's a Fox News correspondent. Yikes. And this past weekend was her bachelorette party. Fellow co-stars Emily Simpson, Gina Kirschneider, and newbie Elizabeth Vargas were all there. And Kelly decided to don her new hat that said, Drunk Wives Matter. Obviously, people have freaked out about this hat. And Kelly obviously did like a drunken, quote-unquote, apology, which was a non-apology, basically saying, you know what? All lives matter. People who can't take a joke can go fuck yourselves. Well, I, here's the thing. I am not at all surprised that she owns a hat like this so that she would have friends that would gift this. It's tasteless. It's inappropriate. There's a lot of words, uh, you know, it's just not right for right now, but I'm not surprised that she owns it. What I am surprised is that she feels as though it's cool to post, you know, I, I mean, there's nothing right about it here in any way, but I'm, I'm surprised that she was like, yeah, this would be really funny to post this, or this is, I'm going to show off some of my gifts, as she said. I don't understand what the point of it was. She had to have thought, like, maybe this isn't the best choice right now. Hmm, let me turn on the TV for a minute. <laughs> you know, it just seems like, you know, really tone deaf. Another bad move on her part. Um, you're seeing a lot of people turn on her now and they're not going to be watching the current season. I had no plans to watch it anyway because it's just, I don't recognize the show anymore. I don't need it in my life. So like I wasn't going to watch it at all, but people are really turning on her and the show. And it seems like day by day, there's like another blunder from her. Um, I don't know. She's never going to learn. She's like a Ramona type. There's a mm-hmm. reason why they're friends. Yeah. You know, she can watch hundreds of hours of herself on these reality shows and never take pause and be like, wow, I really look like an idiot here. <laughs> you know, she thinks she looks great. She thinks she's making all the right moves. I don't understand the hat. At first, I thought the hat was going to be like a Beverly Beach type thing where it's like sewn into a big brimmed hat. Because, you know, like all those housewives. <laughs> yeah. All those housewives, they have to have those big repats. But no, it's it's worse. It's like a trucker cap, but it's the same font and mm-hmm. logo design of Black Lives Matter. So it, it, I'm not, again, I'm not surprised someone like her owns this because she's like so out of touch. But the fact that she would like post this, like, I don't know, man, bad move. 
Yeah, I mean, she's constantly just making mockeries of things, whether it's like a powerful movement trying to, you know, highlighting all of the injustices that happen to Black people every single day, or whether it's like a pandemic that, you know, is casually killing 200,000 Americans. Like, every single thing that she does is just so rooted in ignorance. And like you were saying, like, she doesn't see any problem in that and I think that's where like the disconnect is where she's like everybody's so sensitive take a joke take a joke it's like these aren't jokes like people are literally dying both of these issues are yeah based in serious and so even now we're recording this after the the vice presidential uh, reunion oh god (laughs) Um, uh, whatever it was whatever it was a total waste of everyone's time but I mean, the fly is become this iconic. There's a Twitter account. Everyone loves mm. this fly. And to me, I don't give an F about the fly. To me, I'm too tired. I don't think it's cute or funny. I know people are looking for levity. I get it. But like she, and with regards to her saying, like, take a joke, take a joke. I, I it's just, it's too dark right now. Um, talk to me after the election or, or don't. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just, I can't really find the humor especially in the movement of black lives matter to be like let's put it on a hat who made the hat that's another problem where did it come from who's selling this hat you know it's just it's too much i'm not into it yeah i'm not into it either and you know what i think at this point people are saying that they push back the oc premiere to this upcoming wednesday the 14th rather than this past wednesday because they're going to try to strategically edit her out of the show but Bravo needs to stand up and say something because, okay, you can fire that guy Pete from Below Deck really, really easily. No problem there. And I understand like Pete and Kelly Dodd are like different in terms of being moneymakers for the network, but she's consistently done fucked up things on TV. You know, she called (laughs) Heather Dubrow the C word of her first season. Like that's coming in pretty hot. Definitely not something to take lightly. And has repeatedly just kind of been a dick. Last season, she was like hitting shannon on the head with that gong and she's like take a joke take a joke get over it and then later in the season she had that freak out with that woman on the boat where she was obviously like that lady was like equally as unhinged as kelly but she basically was like you're a bully you're a bully like has anybody dealt with cyberbullying and kelly is a bully and doesn't see it that way because she's like so confident in her ignorance and her stances on these things and so bravo needs to take a stand you can't have content on your network whether it's like i can't remember the exact name of it the but bravo had that not a moment of movement or something along those lines that event talking all about how our country is rooted in so much racism and how like this needs to change if you're going to do that then you need to be able to condemn people on your network for being racist and i understand it's probably like an awkward situation because this new season is coming out and i do believe that she's Mm -hmm. going to have a really really bad edit and I think between the protests and the pandemic she is going to really screw herself and and viewers have already if they're recutting the show if they're recutting episodes to cut her out of them it's only going to give her a better edit in my opinion because they're going to take out the stuff that makes her look bad they're going to take any type of racial commentary out of it so then she can sit back and say well it's not on the show so I wonder if that's what they're going to do, because if we're going to see less of her, they're not they're obviously not going to keep in the controversial stuff. I don't know. I could be wrong. But here's the thing. I don't feel bad for Bravo at all. The production company itself, too. Look, she has shown who she is for a long time. Like you said, season one, throwing around the C word. She has, in my opinion, and I went from being a Kelly fan to not like many people. She destroyed OC and hear me out. She has come into the show, which was a, a show based on women behind the gates and money. And she came in, it was controversial and trashy and putting you know, her face up against the, the glass of the quiet woman and all that. People loved it. We, <laughs> I applauded it. I laughed at it too. But with that, all class left the show and they've heavily leaned into calling people ugly and being, you know, having snide remarks and being classless. It's not the same show that it was. That's why I won't be watching it. I have no interest in this new version of the show. I know. And I'm the first to say shows grow and evolve and they change. This is a devolving. Um, (laughs) I think it's really trashy and they've gone all in on Kelly and it shows and you get what you get. Completely. And you know what, at the end of the day, Bravo, you can fire Pete, you can fire Teddy for quote unquote being boring and having like a diet plan that was really harmful to people, but not 
doing anything to Kelly is disgusting. Like, let's also not forget an editor on Vanderpump Rules was fired because they played favorites towards Stassi. Like, they were fired. That that is nothing in like the real world. And that poor girl had to like be dragged publicly and lost great career and a job that she really liked because quote unquote playing favorite. So you know what? Buck up, Bravo. You have to make a stance. And honestly, I mean, let's just do a full recast for OC while we're at it. This new Elizabeth Vargas girl seems to be up Kelly's asshole anyways. So yeah, she's just another with. friend of Kelly's. Yeah, that's it. So how are they going to cut her out if she's like going to be the conduit that brings this woman into the group? I have no interest in it. It's a shame. I don't recognize the show. That doesn't mean that like I think we need to have Vicky and Tara back. I would love mm-hmm. it personally. <laughs> I don't mind. But um like, I know that that's probably not the right move. Let's not bring people back. Let's move the show forward in a new way. Let's do that. Commit to it. But to go, to keep going low, and this is what I keep seeing, and we can talk about this larger or as the, the episode goes, as we progress through the episode, but they've been making a lot of really low, low vibrational choices, and it shows. And I'm very unhappy with what I've been seeing this year on the show. And, I mean, on the, uh, on the franchise in general. And, you know, it's, it just goes to show like where their priorities lie. They want to go low, but not too low where it gets physical. But if it does, we're going to promote the whole season around the physical fight. But we don't condone it, but we'll take people getting as dirty as they can get. But then we're going to denounce it, but we're going to promote it. Yeah, and I was wondering about how they were going to handle this fight with Monique and... Giselle on Potomac. Poorly. Because- you know, I, I do like the show. It's it's entertaining. But what I didn't want to do was I didn't want to support, especially now in the climate, which we've been discussing for the top of the show, of just, you know, women being pitted against each other, paid to fight, celebrated almost in certain instances uh, for doing so. Um, I don't know. I, it, to me, it, it's just, it's such a bad look on everybody, on everybody who's, I mean, it's everyone involved. I don't even mean the people necessarily on screen. They're they responsible as well for their actions. But, you know, they've based the whole season for now over a year. They've been teasing this fight. And um, it's a bad look on everybody's part. I won't support it personally. I don't believe in that. This is not why I watched Housewives. I think it's gross. Um, let me know when it's over. And I'd like to come back and watch Potomac, but I'm not going to watch a show about women fighting, especially black women in this, this right now and having it so heavily promoted and celebrated. I, I hope that it can start a conversation and that something positive can come out of it, but it, I'm not seeing it play out that way personally. Yeah, I don't really think it will either. But this is actually a good segue into Nene Leakes from The Real Housewives of Atlanta, who has been clapping back to Andy Cohen and Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams went on Andy Cohen's show, and I guess the two of them were chatting about Nene's departure from the series. And Wendy was, like, very shady, which is odd, considering how they've been friends in the past. But Nene ended up going to Twitter saying they always are manipulating Black women to say negative things about each other while they sit and enjoy us tearing each other down. Remember, Black Lives Matter. Remember Breonna Taylor. Remember the most racist networks. They're going to leave my name out of these shows. Some of your best discrimination attorney. The racist is a master manipulator. They're using me for ratings like they've always done. So obviously Nini isn't coming back. They offered her six episodes at her full rate rather than her usual 18 to 23, which obviously is like a friend of role. And I have on. so much to say. Do tell, oh. do tell. I can hear you brimming. Just speak, speak. <laughs> so look, here she is talking about how there were very passionate negotiations. She would have taken their money. She absolutely mm-hmm. would have taken the money. She has all these years. She's been a willing participant. She's been sitting on the Watch What Happens live couch for many, many years. Now, all of a sudden, everybody's terrible and racist and all. She wants to hire a lawyer and all these things. But if everything went through, where, you know, would you have felt as exploited as you do now? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you can't have it both ways. I think she's an absolute fool for doing this. And that's putting it like in the nicest way I can, I can put it. She's going to burn bridges. Now, Will the housewives uh, get desperate enough where they're going to court her back? I'm sure because the mm-hmm. Bravo in general just isn't in this like the most healthy place that it's been in a long time. So I'm sure there'll be some life there and there'll be some apologies down the road. Uh, but um, she, if, if it was so bad, she should have left a long time ago. And yeah, she talked a lot about not appearing in every season, every single episode this last season full, and being full time and all this. Well, I mean, you know, you were very, very difficult to work with. We saw mm-hmm. the assault on camera. You know, her actions speak for themselves. And I don't have any sympathy for her, really. I do believe 
that these women are pitted against each other. Absolutely. But they, this is nothing new. She has been here since season one, episode one. We, she knows what this is about. And she would have taken the money if they gave it to her. So it couldn't have been that much of a human, human rights issue for her to be able to accept that money for all these years. And she's handling it very poorly. Everybody knows in this business, you don't burn bridges the way she has. And, you know, Andy Cohen, say what you will about him, but he is a powerful man in the entertainment industry for sure. So you're going to be careful. You're going to be very careful what you say. I always use my words carefully as well. And she said things that most people could not come back from. But I think, again, follow the money. If these shows fall out, they're going to be coming back to her. She does bring ratings. She doesn't bring me. I don't care for her at all. But she does bring ratings. Yeah, and I think it also kind of comes back to like the don't bite the hand that feeds you. Like you were saying, like Andy Cohen is incredibly powerful. Like he's a big lead at a major network and NBC owns Bravo and so many other networks. So if network execs start getting the hint that you're going to start bashing people the moment you get off that show, it's just not a really a good look. And Andy has yeah. always played favorites towards Nini. I think at a certain point. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, what is it? Season 13, season 14 of Atlanta. Like they've been on, she's been on the show for a very, very, very long time. At a certain point, like your expiration date is just there. Like you need to move on. They need to find new people on the cast. And also at a certain point, Nini stopped participating in being a housewife. You know, she became this caricature of herself once she came back from being on Glee and The New Normal and all of those shows and Broadway. She came back and was just Hmm. looking for sound bites rather than like being the vulnerable person that we loved in the beginning. When you're so highly produced, viewers can see that and viewers don't really trust that. And she would sit up on the reunions and refuse to acknowledge anything she did to Kenya, anything she's ever said, as much as you could sit there and deny, 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 that gets really boring to watch. I think we saw that with Dorinda this past season on the reunions, where she sat there and just deflected every single question that came at her. And you need to be able to kind of own your shit a little bit. Of course, like it's not always easy to, especially when you're catching yourself talking shit. If you are in the wrong, of course, it's hard to say that you're in the wrong. But I I think Nini's just time is up. And of course, that's a hard pill to swallow. And hopefully she's able to- it doesn't look like she wants to be there. So like, why wouldn't they get rid of her? Why would they continue to pay her big, big money to be there if she doesn't even want to participate? So yeah, I mean, I don't know what to tell her. Yeah, your time is up. You, you were wrong for what you did for speaking out. I think you can do, and I hate to give her any credit, but you know, you can be honest like Teddy and just say, look, they're not going to renew my contract. Everything fell through whatever she wants to say, but to go around and then to malign character and burn bridges and then to say, you know, hostile it is after all these years of cashing a check. I mean, it just doesn't make anybody look good and it makes her look foolish. Also like she's had the opportunity to potentially have little spinoffs. And I think she always gets really butthurt about Candy getting spinoffs and Kim getting spinoffs and where Mm -hmm. is her spinoff? Like the only spinoff she had was like that couple episode arc where her and Greg got married again. But she had I dream of Nini, <laughs> yeah. which is kind of a funny name. But I remember like at one point she was going to potentially have a show around her boutique. And so, of course, like, you know, people can plant the, their own stories to the press so that it could kind of become a thing rather than it actually being true. But Please she has ideas. She has. Yeah, she has opportunities. And it, it's just unfortunate that she thinks like this is it. And it's not Nini. Like you will be in many other situations and on tv shows and she was on fashion police like we can't forget all of these little things that she's done oh, from the I, show yeah, and without oh. bravo without andy support without all of these things like you wouldn't have that and you know i think we see it with even garcelle like was the first african-american woman on beverly hills now she's on a syndicate like a network talk show she's writing a book she's coming back for next season like all of these amazing things like i don't as much as like these networks are probably ran by a bunch of white dudes. Like, I don't think race really had anything at stake when it comes to Nini not getting back on the show. No, I think it has everything to do with her behavior and being difficult to work with, not wanting to appear on the show and the price tag that comes along with it. I think it's strictly business. We've seen this happen time and time again with other people. 
and her time is up. Like you said, that's it. You know, if, if she's as big of a star as she has said in these recent statements, then she should be totally fine. She will not need Bravo or Andy and we'll see where she lands. You know, we'll see where she lands. Exactly. Well, we do have some fun news. So Cynthia Bailey is getting married this Saturday as well, same day as Kelly, to Mike Hill, her boyfriend of, I think, about two years. And this past weekend, she had a bachelorette party in Charleston, South Carolina. Supposedly, there were about nine to ten guests there, and there was a male stripper hired to the party. And gotta love it, the Atlanta girls are so fun. Supposedly, the stripper and some of the women ended up going to bed together around 5 a.m., and... This source, whoever this source is, said, I was hearing all these noises, sex talk, and the phrase, fuck me harder. And then she said, like, it lasted for about an hour, and then she thought they were finished, and they started back up again. So there is something steamy happening in Charleston, South Carolina. Hmm. Make way, Southern Charm, because we've got (laughs) new drama happening in Charleston. Yeah, um, it sounds like a good time. It's weird that this is leaked and there's been no names attached to like, I wonder, like you wonder if this is like production trying to drum up some, you know, I don't know, the network, somebody, because it's like just enough information to make you want to watch, right? You don't know who it is. There's no photos. It's like, oh yeah, here's a quote, F me harder. Like, ooh, who could this be? (laughs) And I think that they're embracing it, which is kind of smart in a way. I think they're kind of embracing these like leaks to page six and the press and blogs um, to be able to create some type of buzz. Because I know I've talked about this on my own podcast for now the last five years. It's like, if I don't hear anything coming from the set of the show, I'm wondering like, is did anything happen? Like, is it worth watching? So if there's a little bit of smoke, you know, coming, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know who was that. So this sounds like a real plant, in my opinion. I know nothing. I read like one article, listened to a YouTube video, and I read exactly what you just read here. Um, so you know, I don't know, but it sounds like a good tease to me by using the press. And I'm sure you know, housewives get clicks. So I'm sure that some outlet was real happy to run with this and. Just on YouTube alone, there's like a dozen videos discussing this that have come out today, the time of recording <laughs> this podcast. So, you know, I mean, they're getting what they want out of it. So, Nini, who? Yeah, well, exactly. I think that's kind of like the <laughs> the reality of it, where it's like, okay, so Candy, Kenya, and Eva are all bridesmaids at the wedding. Portia will be there. We have potentially newbies, Drew and Latoya. So there's a lot of options. Tanya, Marlo are reportedly still friends of this upcoming season. So... We I shall wonder how see. Young, I wonder how young those two new girls are, because that sounds like something that, you know, a chick in my generation would get into. I can't imagine Candy being bothered with that. You know, she's I, I, yeah. I know people say she's a freak, but she knows her place on that show. Is she not going to do that if she even thinks there's a camera around? So, yeah, Latoya's she's 33 a, yeah. and Drew is 35. Well, my money's on those two. I think potentially Portia too, because I feel like she's probably down. She's probably and Portia from from when she started, when she was like Cordell's wife. Period. She um, (laughs) has really showed out on this show, and I'm all for like living your authentic self and being your own self. But it's you know she's a mom now, and I think it's getting to be a little much. I mean, I don't want to. I'm not trying to shame anybody, but like I'd be surprised in her if she did this so openly but i also like you know i also wouldn't actually (laughs) so i don't know but i think the younger girls are a lot more i i I don't know them at all but i would imagine just generationally like don't you feel like in our age bracket people are a lot more fluid and open sexually most definitely and i know candy's said she has quote swam in a lady pond before i don't know if candy would be down and especially like because candy and portia had that drama a couple seasons ago about like candy quote-unquote trying to assault her you know i don't know if like candy would be like down to clown in that way at this point of their friendship but she's too smart for that yeah Yeah. i I think and i don't think kenya well is down I don't no. get the vibes that she's like. No, <laughs> I, I think Candy's brilliant. I don't think that she would ever mix the two. She knows that this is a gig and a job, and yeah. she's no stranger to reality TV. She wouldn't mix the two. Plus, like you know, she is married with all those kids, so I'm not really thinking about her with that. But those other girls in their 30s, yeah, I could see them getting down, especially if they're trying to make a name for themselves on this show. Oh, and you yeah. know, there's so much pressure to get that second year contract. So I mean, you know, they do have something to prove. 
Well, I mean, I think we saw this, like you were mentioning before about like how it drums up buzz for the upcoming season. I mean, we had this with Denise and Brandy and Beverly Hills. Like that was going on in the Mm. press for like four or five months before it ended up on screen. And so once everybody started watching, even like the first like four or five episodes didn't really address what was going on. Actually, no, probably even later, probably like episode 10 or 11, they started addressing the hookup but every person was watching with the intent of being like "Ooh, like i wonder when we're gonna get the hookup storyline i wonder when this is going to happen so i wonder if this will be shown on camera you know also it's like fine for people to be sexually fluid and of course like most of these women are married so i guess as long as you know your partner's okay with it then you know go ahead why not hook up with your friends but it should be interesting and i was pretty psyched when I saw it like and they said it was not Cynthia they did preface that that it was not the bride to be yeah yeah oh my god I really like could not care less about this marriage and this wedding I I just I'm I've been so unenthralled with Cynthia for so long I I really don't care and I say it all the time on my podcast why do these women of a certain age have to keep getting married I'm sure she's in a great healthy relationship I think Mike is a good match for her but why do you got to keep signing the papers every couple of years to a new man? You know, just I, I at this point, I don't know what they have to be married for. I think they can just enjoy each other. Um, but I'm not in their marriage, so I don't know. I, I don't know what the right thing is. <laughs> but um, I don't understand why these people have to run out and get married constantly. Like this, this is going to be her second marriage on the show. I mean, you know, yeah. come on. Also, like he's a dirty dog. His whole drama was that he like cheated all his wives and they wrote that book open mic which is all about how he had like all this childhood trauma and that made him not trust and then that made him cheat it's like you're you're writing the foreword for a man's book where he's basically outlining his theories on how he's like his stories on how he's cheated on his past partners and again like if you guys have an open relationship then that's totally fine do whatever you want but i'm not getting that vibe from cynthia and also she has her home in atlanta still and he well, I mean, I talked about it on this show, but he did some TikTok video and he was wearing sweatpants and was dancing. And I too am digmatized virtually by my kill. So I might see one silver lining and maybe why all these women keep falling for him and staying with him because I don't know, he's packing. Just enjoy the relationship. What are you going to get married for? All she's going to do is lose out on more money that she made. So I, yeah. I'm not for it. I'm really not for, I mean, it's weird. I don't know if I'm for marriage or not. I really don't. Um, I haven't seen any healthy relationships in my own personal life. And that's why. <laughs> well, moving on to other marriages, Dossie Schroeder and Bo Clark from Vanderpump <laughs> are officially married. So they were supposed to get married this October in Italy, but obviously because of, the world, that is no longer a thing. So they officially got married. I believe it was like September 21st. And they obviously have the baby coming in January 2021. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I guess next October, they're going to plan to potentially do their Italian dream wedding. You told me you're freaking out about this. So please tell me what your thoughts are. Well, I can't stand her. I don't care for him. Uh, But let me just say, I don't understand why these people are having ceremonies during this time. And, and just hear me out. I'm not judging anyone. If you've listened, if you're listening and, and you did this, that's fine. But for me, I would like, sure. You want to get married? Let's sign the papers, but let's have the ceremony when we, everyone can really enjoy it and not have it be covered by this dark cloud 
of Corona. You know, it's just you, every wedding picture is a, a, flo- a mask floating in the background. You know, I, I just, I, I, that's not something that I would want. So I can understand why, okay, she's pregnant. Great. It's important that they get married to one another. Perfect. Sign the paperwork. But what are you going to have the whole ceremony for? I would wait personally. I'm saying this to like, not just them, but to anybody, but um, she is a classic example of just someone who continues to fail up white privilege at its mm-hmm. best. Um, <laughs> I have no, no tolerance for it. Um, she really, really should take minimum a year and disappear from social media and the world. And instead, it's the total opposite. We've got more posts, more videos, the wedding. She's doing interviews all over the goddamn place. Mm-hmm. It's too much. I have no interest in her. I don't respect her. I don't want to see it. And it's hard to block out because we follow all these meme accounts. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners do too. And it's like, you can't avoid it. You know, if you're, if you're not on the gram, it's on Twitter or it's on a podcast like I'm talking about here. So, <laughs> you know, it's hard to avoid them in general. I'm just, I'm not a supporter of hers. I was never a fan. Then once I saw what she's basically gotten away with, you know, the podcast is coming back. Like, so what was the point of taking it off the air for like four months? What's the point of her losing her sponsors if they're just going to go right back to her? So I mean, you know, wh- wh- when do people pay? And they don't pay because she yeah. has money behind her because she has followers. And I'm just sick of it. You know, I'm just sick of it. Go away for a year, do your work, and then see if the public accepts you back. Don't just assume that we're all cool with it. And I know I'm in the minority because yeah. people love her, but I don't respect her right now. Well, no, I mean, I completely agree. I think like, yeah, coming back three months after you got fired for being a racist and anti, you know, Me Too movement and so many other things, you'd think that like you might need a little bit more time to just process everything and actually learn things. She kept talking about her bullshit diversity coach, which is, you know, hilarious. And I want to I want to meet this guy like we need him on the show. Like, what are you actually doing? Like you are pregnant sit down, stay at home with your husband and your baby and just focus on them. Trying to find a way to get back on television, going on Tamron Hall's show and then, Too you soon. know, just like going on the show, not having any genuine responses to any of her questions. And I ended up watching the whole thing because she finally put it on YouTube. And, you know, she had no remorse for any of her actions. Tamron was like, um, so why did you think that was Faith? Just because she was Black? And Stassi was like, well, yeah. And Tamron was like, well, do you understand the power of, like, a white woman calling the police on a Black woman? Like, when that's explicitly said, the police acts differently than a white woman calling it on the cops on a white woman. And she's like, well, we didn't realize it at the time. And we really thought we were just like solving this big mystery. And we thought we were doing good. We thought we were doing good. And it was this moment where I'm like, you haven't even really taken the time to think about the repercussions of what could have happened to Faith. You know, like her life could have been over. And she already at this point wasn't on the show because none of you guys would probably film with her or hang out with her. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of over it. And it's it's just frustrating. It's it's a shame because at the end of the day, I I believe this is my personal belief. I could be wrong, but I believe she hired the diversity coach and the crisis manager just to be able to get her next deal and to get the podcast back. I don't believe that it was out of really wanting to do the work. And that's why I don't have much respect for her because of that. I mean, if if it really was, she would go away and come back. She wouldn't go on an interview and continue to defend her misdeeds. So to me, she's, in my opinion, she's learned nothing. And all it was was to check a box and say, hey, you know, guess what? I'm doing the work and now I want my podcast back. But like, is she? You know, what is going on here? Because it doesn't sound like it from what you're telling me. I have not seen the full Tamron Hall interview. I saw Tamron's rebuttal the day after, which I found very interesting from a behind the scenes standpoint. But um, no, I mean, it's too soon, in my opinion, to believe that she's doing any changing work. Yeah, no, I definitely don't think anything's really changing. And what her podcast is definitely going to be basically like an explain life to Stasi podcast. We're going to have this black woman now try to explain racism to you, you know, and it's like you need to be able to do the work yourself. 
the internet is available. You've been in school. You were fortunate enough to go to college. You had all of these opportunities. You know what? And you've chosen to not accept them, not to pay attention. And you know what? That's your problem. And even when Tamron said, oh, well, don't you think it was weird that there was no Black people on the cast? And she goes, well, Lisa Vanderpump doesn't hire enough Black people at the restaurant. It's like, oh my God, chicken or the egg. Like, there were black people there. I've been to Sir. I've been to right. Pub. I've oh, seen any LA black people working there. Any LA restaurant, not only just black people, but multiple races of people. Yeah. Men, a, mixed, a lot of mixed people in LA, a lot of Hispanic population works in food service in LA. These are just facts. I mean, these are just what you, you know, you walk in anywhere really in a major city. It doesn't have to be LA. And you're going to see a diverse group of people. That's a, that's its own problem. And that's, I blame the production company for that because there is a casting director for the show. There's a casting team. <laughs> so I don't know what to tell you, but uh, that's that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it's all too soon for me. I'm not happy with, with her at all. I think what gets me the most is just the, the blatant privilege that she has to be able to hire these people to use as props to be able to say like, hey, look, I'm better now. And then to have the audacity to try to bring back this podcast and, and try to rebuild her empire so soon, it just shows to me that it's, it's just inappropriate. I'm not into it. Um, I, I think it's privilege at its worst, unfortunately. And look, I don't want to see people canceled and killed off forever. You know, she can come back in her own way, but it's, it's, it's got to be genuine. And to me, it does not ring true at all. Preach. Well, one thing I did find on the internet, I usually don't talk about blind items or things from like that Instagram account, like Dumois, like, which is like people writing in saying like scandalous things, but there was one that definitely piqued my interest. So someone wrote into this saying that they heard that they overheard a conversation between Ramona, Stassi, and Bo at the Polo Lounge back in January 2019. So this was the weekend of Andy Cohen's baby shower and they were all drinking martinis, hanging out and laughing. And Ramona said to them pretty clearly that she slept with Jax and it wasn't a one-time thing and that they've hooked up. And I just heard that and was like, wow, those two are so alike. It's terrifying. And the fact that they could potentially have been intimate together. It had to be like a drunk. It had to be like a drunk one night stand. I, I can't picture it at all. I kind of can. I feel like Jax one would fuck anything that has a pulse. And honestly, that pulse, like, they might not even need a pulse. But I could see Ramona really digging the fact that, like, this young, hot guy was, like, potentially playing, giving her attention. And people get Jax really quickly. And I feel like Jax will fuck anything. And so I, I oddly enough can see this happening. And I think it was back in, like, may or april or something andy was playing a game with ramona where they showed her pictures of people she's taken photos with and asked them and asked her if she remembered their name because ramona is just like such a dick to everybody she remembers nobody's name mm-hmm. and she actually remembered Jax's name and then he tweeted and he was like oh my god i can't believe she remembered who i am like we're so much alike i can't believe it and i'm like oh god oh weird, weird. I mean, all basically all he had to do was tell her that she looks really young for her age. And I'm That's sure she, I'm sure she had all, all she gave all of her attention to him. Uh, those two, you don't have to go very deep, I imagine, to be able to catch <laughs> each other's attention. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think know. I think it's like she needs one vodka soda and he just needs to be in the room. And I wonder if happening. they, though, I wonder if they, like, full-on hooked up or if they just, like, made out or, like, messed around. or I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine them going all the way. I don't know. I could just be <laughs> me. But, I, I mean, what I, I mean, again, Jax will do a lot of different things, but I wonder when this happened because he's been with Britney for a while, but not that that matters, but um, <laughs> yeah. uh, to him. Yeah. Like, when did this happen? And, like, do they just, like, make out? Like, what, like, I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if it was full on sex, but I wouldn't be surprised if they made out. Yeah. I mean, an innocent makeout is nothing. Obviously, like he's been with Brittany for like four years. So there was potentially an overlap. But I also don't think Ramona would talk about hooking up with someone if it didn't actually happen because she's oddly 
tight-lipped on the show and there's always the implication that like Ramona's hooking up with lots of guys and I think at the reunion Dorinda was basically like um hello you hook up with guys every night you have condoms in your bedside table and you're constantly doing this and this she's like no I'm not no I'm a mother I'm not doing that I'm not doing that it's like you can be a mother and still like get down that's okay I know, I agree. Well, speaking of Real Housewives of New York, we got the news a couple weeks ago that Dorinda Medley will no longer be coming back for upcoming season 13. But today or yesterday, I don't know, today's Thursday, Andy and Bravo confirmed that Ebony Williams will be tapped to join the latest season of the Real Housewives of New York. So I didn't really... I never knew of her first, but she is the executive producer and host of Revolt Black News. And that's kind of all I really had the time to figure out about her, but I'm excited that they're bringing, you know, a black woman onto the show. I mean, New York is an incredibly yeah. diverse place and to not have I, anyone I, represent is, is crazy. I looked back on her Twitter just to kind of just get a feel for like what she's into. And she tweeted a little bit about the debate. She does have a background, I believe on the local uh, CBS channel and then on Fox news. And I was like, well, that might not be the best thing with Fox news right now. Uh, especially because we know that there are, um, both sides are represented of uh, voters wherever you fall on New York. And I was like, you know, I don't know. They, I, I was hoping that they weren't going to go with the Stacey Dash route situation. And you oh, know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, that's not where they're doing. Um, I, I watched her on Revolt a little bit, just some clips she had up. And, you know, she definitely, you know, had a lot to say about, you know, you know, the power of the black vote and how important it is. And um, I, I really respect what she had to say. She seems you know, really on top of things. Uh, I can see her fitting in. I, I thought at first when I saw her pictures, I was like, this looks like a young girl. Like, how is she going to deal with like, I'm just Luann's cabaret. Like, you know, but <laughs> she, um, she's, I, I think that she'll fit in. I, she wasn't like, I thought she was like in her late twenties, early thirties, but she's in her late thirties. And um, she seems to really have a good head on her shoulders. I can see her getting getting in there and and fitting in i hope so i I can see her leah really hitting it off which leah now needs someone to grab onto in the group now that dorinda's out and tinsley's been mia so we'll see where it goes but i'm intrigued i really am i'm excited to see what is going to happen next it's about time there's some diversity they did try with jules remember they like had a whole like arc that she was like half chinese or something yeah they were like look at us we could be diverse right right and i also want like bravo to remember like okay of course diversity comes in lots of different ways but yes have people of color on these shows because we need to see different perspectives but not just in terms of skin color we also need different religions body types, sexualities, like there is a lot of different ways to also diversify cast. So of course, oh, yeah. putting on like clearly accomplished black woman is amazing and a great step in the right direction. And if anything, we'll just bury Ramona. Like people were saying, I can't believe that Dorinda's off the show, but Ramona is still on the show. And it's like, oh, get her on one season with an intelligent black woman and just watch how fast fans turn on Ramona because- the end of the day she's like a little old trumpet and like you know is probably Ramona questionable is in with her rude awakening. yeah she's definitely because yeah. the 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 numbers are starting to go against her because yes, they are they uh, really like, are you know losing Dorinda who's been a friend of hers for a really long time is definitely not the best vibe is not the best for her and then Sonia is also like very accepting and open we saw Sonia go to her party we saw Sonia go to Leah's party and she was like trying to get down with like the younger dudes and like hanging out with like fancy rich people (laughs) like like, I love that like that is so cool and it just shows that Sonia is like not this stuffy upper east side woman that she kind of came on the show and attempted to portray herself as but like as we got to know her season after season it's like oh no you're seeming like you're kind of down for anything and like a good time yeah. and you're not this like stuffy old you know Betsy DeVos lookalike whereas Ramona like has very much like been that since season one and has like remained that kind of woman so it should definitely definitely be interesting and yeah. I'm excited but it's also you strange know- because they've tease like a bunch of different other african-american women to potentially be on roni yesterday it was like bershan shaw who i'd never heard of another woman who yeah, is a journalist and then alicia quarles who works for e-news 
but I'm well, excited. Well, you know, here's the thing. I love the housewives when they have multiple wives. Like, I like the Real Housewives of Cheshire. There's too many. There's like a small soccer team of women oh, on that yeah, show. Yeah, that show is I mean, good. I haven't watched it yeah. in so long. It is good. And so it's like, this is great. And I don't want to sound ungrateful because like, all right, we're getting a new housewife, uh, you know, a diverse choice, a younger choice. This is what people have been asking for. And that's great. But why does it just have to be added, added an additional one every season of a new person? I, I'd like to see, you know, take a chance. I know it all comes down to money. And we know that there's been a shuffling of the deck when it comes to, you know, trying to lowball these women with, you know, salary and requirements and things like that. But I, I'm like, you know, let's go. Let's get a, like a good group going here. Let's get a three friends of, and let's get two new hires. And, you know, we can still have our moments, our moments with Lou and our moments with Sonia, but they've also, even Ramona, we, we heard their stories. We want them to stay on, but we've got to water them down a little bit and, you know, balance it out. I think there's, I've always said this, there's so much room on these shows. And I've said this a lot about OC over the years. There's too few people on some of them and we need more of them, but more good choices. I'm not talking about let's keep Teddy. So we have like eight housewives. Like, no, let's have a really well-rounded large cast. I think the more, the better. Um, that's, that's my point of view. I know people like the five. They like maybe a, a six. I'd be okay with an eight. Yeah. I think like six and seven is probably my sweet spot because after that, I feel like you start forgetting about people. And I think like that was how Teddy was for me on Beverly Hills this season where like she'd yeah. be on screen and I'd be like, you didn't do a testimonial all episode. You didn't even, they didn't even pan to you because you're so fucking boring. But I, I think too small is, is rough because then you get a lot of family shit. Like you get a lot of kid scenes and there's yeah. like nothing I want to see less than like, taking my kid to the amusement park it's like just don't care don't care i want to watch you get a manicure or someone and talk shit like that's what i want to see yeah, i don't mind the home life stuff i think it's it's too much of like let's set these two people up to have lunch let's set these three people up to talk about that lunch now let's have a full <laughs> dinner to talk about those two events it's too <laughs> formulaic for me so I, I i actually am interested to see what these women have going on and they've really lost that especially in new jersey I, if you watched the last season of New Jersey, there was almost nothing outside of the dinners and the group exchanges. And it was, it, it was hard to watch for me. I enjoyed the season, but you know, I didn't love it. And I, I need to see a little bit more of what these women have going on than versus just like another lunch or another dinner. I, I'm tired of like, there's too many trips and I used to enjoy the trips, but it's just too much. I, I need a balance. That's what all I ask. Well, I bet trips are going to be a lot different now just because of COVID stuff. Like, I wonder how yeah. OC did it. I know they had, like, gone to, like, another area in California, and that was probably, like, their trip. And I know the Dallas girls went to Oklahoma. So it should be interesting how all of these new rules in our country will be then portrayed on the show, especially when, like, some of these major franchises, like, are going to Dubai or going to Portugal or doing all of these big trips. And so it's kind of it is kind of a bummer that we won't be able to get to see like their like very bougie travel lives, which like that's one of my favorite things about these shows. Mm -hmm. I, I, I like the travel too. I just need, you know, a little bit more of a balance in between. Uh, there was a lot of travel in New York this season, you know, every other week, it seemed like they were either planning a trip or on vacation. So, you know, yeah. I, I get the point, but like, you know, what's like, are we going to see New York? You know, I want to see New yeah. York. So, well, also like because they have the Hamptons, they always like start the season in the Hamptons, and then they come back to New York, and then they go to the Berkshires. And so, this upcoming season will definitely be very different without totally different. Dorinda, yeah, like four episode arc in the Berkshires, like that. That'll be difficult to replicate. Granted, like I loved the Berkshires but it did like bring truly the worst out in every single person. So it might be good to have like a year without it. Like we don't, we don't need that in the, <laughs> in the, yeah, let's mix it up. Yeah. Well, speaking of housewives who are very busy with things going on in their lives, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Erica Jane recently was in Rihanna Savage Fenty lingerie show, which was so cool. I didn't really understand like what it was. I didn't watch it last year and this was her second season. It's basically like an hour long, video for free on Amazon and it's just like art and dance and all of these people you know wearing 
um, Fenty lingerie and mm-hmm. Erica Jane was featured in it and she looked so amazing like wearing like these black little nipple covers like a blazer over it a high ponytail and I was like damn girl you are like pushing 50 and like your body and everything is so snatched like I just was I was like damn yeah, I mean, that's a great gig for her. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of eyes on that. I know that it's an extremely diverse show. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they, it could cover all different walks of life. And, you know, that Fenty brand is no joke. I actually was just working on a big project about this and Rihanna and her business. And, you know, it's it's really incredible what she's built. And, and the fashion house that picked her up, she was like the first person in like over almost 100 years that was added to this fashion house. Um, so I know it's a really big deal. Good for Good for Erica, especially to be able to get a gig like that during the pandemic. I mean, I think many of us thought we'd be lucky to be doing anything. And, you know, that's a really good gig. Uh, I personally find Erica to be, you know, the ego is out of control, but I'm not going to take it away from her. I mean, a gig is a gig. And that's that's a really good one. I, I know Rihanna's a house size fan, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and like, don't get me wrong, Erica Jane was like cool and all, but the dancers she had in there were absolutely incredible. The full artistry of the entire hour long video was so well done and and creative and out of the box. And you wonder why, you know, big ass conglomerates like Victoria's Secrets are all going out of business because at a certain point, yeah, watching the Victoria's Secret fashion show like makes me want to scream. I I don't want to see six two models who have had two almonds to eat the day before wearing lingerie to make me feel like I'm going to go out and get that like watching the Fenty show was so beautiful because you still saw men and women and people of all different genders whatever wearing lingerie looking beautiful feeling confident and being incredibly talented dancers and singers and whatever they were doing and it was just like I was shocked because I didn't really know what to expect I just watched it to see Erica and then was just pleasantly surprised by how well done it was. Yeah. It's fascinating from a business perspective to look at Rihanna because she's just, this is a quick aside, but she just has really filled the void, which is so obvious to you and me and exactly what you're saying of like, oh yeah, there are more people than, you know, Giselle mm-hmm. who can walk a runway and there are, there are other people that want to see themselves reflected and imagine that concept. And so she has really just come in. The, the, the barrier of entry is pretty low. I mean, like you yeah. said, the, the the Victoria's Secret fashion show was like a fantasy. I mean, like, you know, I, I've never actually even watched it, but um, neither of these shows have I watched. But yeah, I mean, imagine that just coming in and saying, like, we're going to appeal to like everybody now. And then it does well. Well, imagine the concept of that. Shocking. So. Even with her makeup, she was like, wow, okay, you guys get this. So I'm going to have a mainstream makeup brand and it's actually going to include skin tones for darker women. <gasps> yeah. All different and skin then like types the Bobby Browns yeah. of the world are shaking in their boots. They're like, who would have thought that black women needed foundation? It's like, yeah. hello. Even yeah. like Band-Aid brands being like, oh, wow. So you're telling us what, like the beige not everyone's the band-aids same color. aren't yeah. considered like the only band. It's like, even like the color yeah. nude, like when people say, That's... oh, nude shoes, it's like, well, my nude, I'm bone white. Yeah. Nude <laughs> in like the fashion sense is my skin color, but that is not nude yeah. for a black woman or any other woman yeah. other than me like yeah. so <laughs> it's so odd that people are just coming to these revelations now. yeah i mean this is such a bigger conversation but um you know uh, it's nuts uh you know <laughs> it's kind of like a joke and then people wonder why is. rihanna is so successful and she's like yeah i don't need to make any music forever because I have such a bigger vision outside of music that people really gravitate towards and good. She should be doing shit like that. Inclusivity as a business model. Now there's a concept. Without (laughs) it being performative. So many brands now, like even, I mean, you know, I work in like the beauty sphere and I I see a lot of brands being like, um, we've also had (laughs) foundation in dark colors. It's not just Fenty. It's like, yeah, well maybe you're two shades of dark foundation there's a lot isn't the whole spectrum of you know human color like it's not that there's a lot of patting on the each other on the back for things right now and you know that's there's a place for that but like don't stop there you know that's why i keep saying let's keep going um you know let's not keep congratulating each other for small things and let's you know make 
future plans. Let's focus that energy on greater things. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, it, you're going to see a lot of awards given out for things like that, which is a good thing for awareness. But, you know, there's, there's so much work to be done is what I'm saying. You know, let's let's stop congratulating each other for small things and let's like make things move, you know? Exactly. Well, one other quick little thing from Beverly Hills, which I know is your least favorite franchise. I don't know. Garbage TV. Garbage. <laughs> yeah. So Brandy Glanville, again, was talking on her podcast with Barbara Kay from Roni, who was a friend of last season. And the two of them were chatting about the upcoming season of Beverly Hills. And Brandy basically spilled the beans saying that Kathy Hilton has signed on to be a friend of, an official friend of, for this upcoming season. I don't know if I believe it. I I don't know if I believe it. Well, it's about time. I mean, I've been a, such an advocate for her for a long time. I watched, I was like one of three people that watched I Want to Be a Hilton on NBC in like early 2001, 2002, and um, really loved it. Uh, I think she <laughs> does represent like real money, even though I later learned she married into it, but like whatever. Um, I don't know. I've always kind of been taken by her. I know she's like a real tough as nails, like grabbing by the balls type woman. Like she's no BS. Um, and I, I think that's good for the show. I think it could be interesting to see what, if Kyle can get away with all that she's gotten away with with her big sister watching. You know, we usually act different when we're around our siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle could be a little checked, which could be a good thing. I think a lot of people would agree. Um, I, I, I'm surprised it took this long. I just would like to see the house. I know her and Rick are building Ooh, a big yeah. house in Bel Air and it's all new construction. I mean, that would just be like real estate porn for a lot of people. So I, I hope that we get a little more than just a friend of, and you know, sometimes a friend of means they show up at one or two events and other times it means they're there at every event. So who knows what, what type of exposure we're going to get with Kathy, but I'm, I'm here for it. I am too. And after watching the Paris Hilton documentary on YouTube the other night, I am like all for the Hiltons to get back into my life, into the, into the Bravo sphere for sure. Absolutely. Have, have you watched yeah. it? Oh yeah. Well, I actually oh. caught it live. It Ooh. came up and I was like, I'm just going to watch this right now. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was really good. I, I mean, I've definitely always known that Paris has had like this second person, like Paris Hilton is kind of like her alter ego and then like her normal self is like a very like normal like somewhat calm person without like that baby voice and she can really turn it on when she needs to but it was wild to hear about all the trauma that happened at that boarding school that she went to and the fact that she never really told her mom which I understand it's it's not a lot of time like when you're abused you associate so much shame and guilt with being abused and you blame yourself for having it happen so I understand why people children are are scared to tell their parents but it was hard to watch she's in her late 30s and she had like never really had this conversation with her mom about what had happened to her at this boarding school and and to see Kathy kind of address it like on screen like in real time was was really devastating and hopefully Mm -hmm. Paris like ends up you know, doing something with all of this exposure about these like behavioral schools like I went on to Provo's website like that was the school that she went to and it was, it had like this big uh, disclaimer on the top of the site being like, we know that there has been lots of negative media attention drawn to our school. We swear none of this is, none of this is happening anymore. Like that's no longer a thing. And I'm like, um, I need to see yeah, some receipts. Yeah, yeah, well, let's see. That. Yeah. I mean, I just, I worry about this. It's just getting lost. Um, there are so many causes right now. There are so many people mm-hmm. who are just, you know, down and out in every single way. And, you know, the, the cause, while it is important, I just worry that it's going to get lost. There are people that are just doing the far more serious things than, you know, these boarding school abuse stories, which, you know, there's no place for that. It should not be happening. But I feel like everybody's got their hand out right now and they're really in a tough spot. I just wonder where this will land. You know, I'm just thinking of even like Yemen, international, uh, you know, strife, our own stuff here, bread lines, you know, Trump's America. Yeah, I'm going to say it. Um, It's just, uh, there's a a lot on everyone's plate. So I hope that just for her own star power alone and the interview she's been given that it will cause a shift. I really do. I hope so too. Love you, Paris. Maybe she should come on Beverly Hills Housewives. That will really shake up the cast. That would be juicy. Yeah, she, uh, she's too good for that. 
Probably you're right. <laughs> well, on that note, Grant, we are all done for today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you, follow you, and listen to your amazing podcast? Well, I appreciate it. I hope I wasn't too angry to those listening. Oh my God, I just have no. A strong I, opinion. I, I love it. I'm not going to pussyfoot around someone like Stasi, please. So <laughs> that's that's just kind of what you get with me. But um, I am on a little bit of a break with my podcast, but hey, there's still a lot. I actually just put out an episode this week, so it's not much of a break. But Grant's Rants Hollywood Talk. Megan's been on a bunch. I love doing the show. I talk a lot about Bravo. I've got in two parts. So there's like a reality TV Bravo part, and then the second part is real, just like entertainment news, industry stuff. Ellen is a good example. We're talking about what's on TV, what you should watch, what to skip. So it's really really, you know, a little bit of a, dare I say, a diverse uh, collection of topics. And, um, and if you want to mix it up, check it out. If you have already, I love you for listening. And um, yeah, I, I'm proud of the show. It's been five years strong. That's amazing. And I've actually had so many people come to me being like, oh my God, I heard you on Grant's show. I love you from Grant's oh, show. I, and I'm like, I, oh, love I love hearing it. that. God bless those people. My God, right? I the best to be able to do that. Thank you for sharing the love. <laughs> Of course. Already, Graham. Well, I will talk with you soon. Thank you so much. And we'll, I'll send you all the links and stuff tomorrow when it's out. Great. Alrighty. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.